Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, I was so encouraged last night when I when I the hotty, hot, hot, hot newcomer, Freddy's, comes on the screen, on the on the scene with their with their melt sandwich, their steak burger melt sandwich. And you would expect everyone to tout it up, and then yet, here comes the king, steak and shake Frisco melt. Uh is not forgotten. Even though they can't staff people to serve you at Steak and Shake, the, the Frisco melt is not forgotten. And that's heartwarming. I can't yeah. add anything to that. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm just excited I, that today's the I, first I feel like I some. just walked into a, a water cooler discussion about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, defamation trial. And, and I, I know about as much about that as I do about the uh, Frisco melt at uh, Steak and Shake. So. Yeah. Except well, my think... wife isn't giving me uh, hourly updates on this one. <laughs> wow, hourly updates. I didn't um, and there was a thread last night. I think J- our friend Jeff... Because a Freddy's, uh, I guess, opened up in Fort Wayne, I didn't, which I didn't know, and you know, brought that up, and then you had people like, "Oh yeah, this," and I got tagged because of their because of the melt that they have. Uh, but then I saw started seeing people coming in and backing the uh, the the Frisco melt from Steak and Shake pretty hard. But then it then it devolved into a battle royale between like 
who has the better shake between Culver's and Steak and Shake. Uh, wow. Yeah, dude. It, it got it, serious, huh? It got it got serious. It got. I mean, it's Twitter, man. It got serious. <laughs> you know, your Happy Memorial Day. Your your forefathers didn't die for nothing. They died to talk about shakes. Well, I'm more excited about the real discourse here on June 1st, and that is today is the first day of summer. It is. Anyone that tells you differently is uh, is a communist. I agree with that wholeheartedly. They, uh, whoever tells you otherwise uh, works for the PR department for the University of Southern California. <laughs> I... <laughs> Someone commented on the site because I put that in the triple option. Yeah. That, that they just like, maybe it's just like an anarchist <laughs> inside it. Like it wasn't a mistake. Like if somebody actually did that on purpose just to start some shit. And you know what? I, I wish that was the case. I truly wish that was the case. That it was just some crazy ass person with, uh, with the Unabomber's manifesto, just like cackling as they put the Chinese planes into their, uh, <laughs> Is that, Brendan, just, is, that, is that just somebody just going too fast? Is that the deal? I, I don't know. I It's been a while since Florida State's Twitter account has made an egregious. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Martin Luther an King egregious, Jr. doing the shop with the glove on. Yeah. Which, probably, which was way worse than what. So uh, I, uh, I wonder I wonder if maybe they sacked the Florida State people and USC hired them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they just keep floating on to other? So the next the next school that's gonna get hit is like fucking Utah State is gonna do some crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, next thing you know, they're uh, tweeting inappropriate things on uh, holidays. <laughs> I, I just like you can't get away with anything. I, I just I can't even imagine sitting there and going, ah, what what kind of planes those are? Or do you think somebody just looked at them right away and said, oh, those are Chinese, like? Is somebody just hold on to that I mean, knowledge? Just, what's the, just what's the Venn diagram of people who read the USC social media and people who understand well, what listen, Chinese fire shows look like? What's one of the greatest? What's one of the greatest economic forces uh, in the United States? Top Gun. <laughs> well, you're kind of right. The military-industrial complex, right? Right. Ton of money, ton of people, ton of stuff involved there. I mean, I can imagine some people that are. That is well in the know about which, what the military hardware is for for the superpowers of the world, uh, are are college football fans. That's that. that I, I imagine they probably went. To, I would hope that they went to college if they were in those kind of positions. Uh, so, I I don't I don't think it's as I don't think it's as far flung uh, as just I don't think it's as random as that. I think there have been a few people calling that out. Oh yeah, and it was and I, it originated on Reddit. And if there's one thing Reddit's good at, it's uh, calling out bullshit, calling out, uh, calling out bullshit on stuff like that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is some serious. I mean, the United States has got a few. I think we got a few planes you could have picked from. Uh, (laughs) You you almost have to, like, go out of your way to find the Chinese Chinese plane. Yeah. So maybe it was an anarchist and not just an idiot. Trying to drum up some. Some clicks uh, on Memorial Day. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Try to get some some pinko communist support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God bless it all. I mean, for real. 
<laughs> I we await eagerly what the uh, the next big mistake is on uh, social media. <clears throat> Certainly won't be us <laughs> or any of my typos. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot! All right. Well, we like Brendan said, it is. We're recording this on June first. It is the first day of summer. Uh, don't care what any other calendar says. And so we are into. Um, this is the. I got getting through May is rough. That's a rough month to get through. Yeah. Now you kind of have now the, the preseason mags come out that I don't read, uh, but <laughs> lots of people do uh, the, you know, recruiting visits. Now that the recruiting timelines have all changed about recruiting visits happen in June and you're all gearing up for uh, media days that start for the conferences um, coming up soon, you know, in July and all that. So, and then, you're right on into fall camp. So these first few weeks of June, we were kind of in the cusp of a, of a free-for-all, right? We can do or say anything we want. It's a free country. Uh, but uh, so who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I mean, I know one person who thinks they can say anything they want at all the time. <clears throat> yeah, especially the, if it's a the USC social media staff. Family. <laughs> well, the, the USC uh, social media staff is finding out oh, they you're talking cannot about- say. You're talking about the asshole from Baton Rouge who just won't shut up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you won't. Our ex-girlfriend. Shut up. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that hoe won't shut up. <laughs> like, be silent, be still. Brian Kelly just cannot keep Notre Dame's name out of his mouth. And I mean, if you're going to go for that, you might as well do the swear, too. But uh... I mean, shut the fuck up. Okay? <laughs> no, I, I meant the Will Smith version. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, keep Notre Dame out of your fucking mouth. Apparently, Will Smith does have to sell records. Cost to sell records. Uh-huh. Yeah, Brian <laughs> Kelly. I mean, it's just like, look. In a way, he's setting him for every interview that he gives. He is just setting himself up because it is instant clicks, views. Because they're going to ask. So this last one was on Feinbaum, correct? Yep, Feinbaum. <clears throat> of course he's going to ask. I mean, I, I guess if you're an SEC coach, you can't get through the offseason without a, a fine bond interview or two. Um, I just shouldn't this have been done all the same. I mean, all the same time. He did the whole media tour where he drugged Notre Dame <laughs> you know, through the coals uh, for like three straight articles. You know, you let it go down a little bit. And then let's like, oh, let's bring this shit. Up. It's going down. Let's bring this shit up a notch again. Uh, it's just, what the hell? And I got a good BK antidote, by like, the way, uh, tonight. Um, I like the uh, mapper on this morning coined the phrase. Well, maybe you didn't coin it, but it's the first time I'd heard it. SEC supremacist um, <laughs> in relation to people that just like just talk about, you know, they need something to talk about. Because Brian Kelly also talked about this whole idea that the you know, the SEC would have its own playoff and, and this is a totally ridiculous idea, but somebody needs something to talk about on May 31st. So they talk about this and it's not a, it's not a legitimate idea, but it's, it's one of those things that like people hear automatically and they're like, I want to hear more. Tell me everything about this (laughs) plan that exists in the heads of some SEC coaches. (laughs) Well, they only want to hear it for a couple of reasons, right? You're, you're fans of, you're fans of a school outside of the SEC and you're just 
blown away at the audacity of the bullshit. Or your fans of the SEC just stroking yourself off to it. Uh, like, I don't know, like a Mississippi State. Like Mississippi State. We're, we're the greatest. You're Mississippi State. Still, that's not going to change. Ever. So. Cling it, cling it. <laughs> well, the most, well, incre- the, the most ridiculous to, to, part. To, oh, to, uh, to, use, to use the parlance of a, of a movie that's now gotten a, a $125 million box office a sequel, Brian Kelly's mouth is writing checks. His uh, coaching resume can't cash, right? So, Ooh. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's always been my sort of theory why he keeps doing this now is because uh, come – November, he's going to be getting a whole different slew of questions. An entirely different discourse is going to occur around him uh, with I the mean, performance B- of his team on the field. BK's record at Notre Dame against the SEC, you know, you you beat LSU and, and Vanderbilt. Good for you. And you took over the LSU job, so you don't have yourself to beat. Uh, and you can't play Vanderbilt every week. Uh <laughs> God damn it. Who? Why can't I think of his name? Who was uh, Derek Mason? Derek Mason ain't walking through the opposing coach the store <laughs> every every time. <laughs> We're ready to throw down. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I, I don't know if there's much more we could say. It's just like every time BK opens up his mouth, it's more and more and more like. And it's just such a whiny. It is such a whiny bitch mentality. That you're just you're taking your side and you are just you're doubling down every single time about they didn't want to do the things that we needed to win. Well, they're telling you that you need to fucking do something before they do the things that you want. Like, I don't know. Recruit. That's the the angle. I'm kind of curious why nobody's asked him and nobody has raised this particular question in any sort of meaningful sphere of national college football. Uh, writer dumb, I guess, but someone needs to ask Brian Kelly, Hey Brian, why is Marcus getting this done? And you were unable to, somebody I needs mean, to ask Brian that Carter Carls was at that cracker barrel. He was, <laughs> and he could have, <laughs> and he could have written, I mean, he could have, he could have been working uh, on the LSU beat. It's closer to home than the Florida state beat. So we, we could have had Carter down there and just think of how, how uh, much that piss running down BK's leg when Carter started would start asking questions about recruiting because he knows. Oh, he knows. He knows. The, he knows. It's the J. Cole song, Brent, man. He Brent, fucking knows. When you say getting it done, you mean uh, on a completely where like the points don't count and the the uh, or the points are completely made up, sort of whose line is it anyway type scorecard. Well, I'm just saying because that. It, the one, the thing that I see is that that you know our head coaches own one in football games that actually have meaning, are, that are meaningful, right? Right. And so we're just talking. I love his talk about I love the trail. His number, I'm oh, talking about yeah, recruiting love, on the trail, which, which I love his number one recruiting class, but it doesn't mean shit to me in, unless they can win, right? Right, but I think I think one of the things that Brian Kelly gripes about in all of these interviews is that there were inherent disadvantages to being the head coach of Notre Dame and that he hit his ceiling and he wasn't going to be able to reach the sort of plateau or he and plateaued it wasn't his and, fault. And it wasn't his fault. And 
it was difficult. You know, there were there were disadvantages doing this. Brian Kelly never had the sort of recruiting success, even at this early stage of the game. Um, this has never been done under Brian Kelly, and it, the question is, well, why? So they're asking well, me, all these it's, questions, it's, and he's making these excuses about, you know, facilities and not seeing eye to eye with, uh, um, you know, the administration about things, and he just couldn't. Well, for me, it's, it. for me, it's less the results right now that that, that that this class has as the number one ranked class currently. It's less that, and it's more of the work that Freeman has put in, and that you see and that you know things that he's doing that Brian Kelly would never do that are making the difference. So it, it's, it's easy to say it really is. You can it, two and two equals so, four. If Brian Kelly would have put in that kind of work. What do you, what do you mean by making the difference though? I, I don't mean to harp on this, but making the difference. Off actually the trail. Okay. Which is, is going to make the difference in the, you know, what, what was Brian, line, what was the rank of the 2013 recruiting class? Six. Right. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't this this number one class easily end up at six? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It could, but so, the, in the 2013 class was never at this level either. Like it, it never hit these sort of peaks, and it could certainly drop down to six, but it could certainly it could hold. As Jude, well. I th- I, Jude, I think the point, the bigger point to be made here, Jude, is that. Brian Kelly has stood on this soapbox claiming that the ceiling was there, that there's disadvantages. You couldn't do the, you couldn't do these things. He could do all this at LSU. He's got the, the thing is he just didn't put in the fucking work. If he would have put in the extra time and effort, and we know this, and it's ain't a whole lot of extra time, and it was just a fucking phone call would have done it with some of these guys. If he would have put in the effort that Freeman had, he would have had greater recruiting success at Notre Dame. So the whole premise of Notre Dame can't go out and recruit on that same level is kind of getting shattered right now because Freeman is putting in that work and showing it. That, that, so the, that's not the to defend, thing right now. Not to defend our ex-girlfriend, but I've, I've always interpreted his comments of saying basically that he, he hit a ceiling, not not as it results to recruiting, but as it results to being able to take Notre Dame to the next level. Well, that, not, that's, that, that, that's how you get to the next level. Yeah, I'm going to say something here that I that might be controversial, but I think is pretty, pretty smart, which is I don't think Marcus Freeman is going to do any better than Brian Kelly in terms of wins loss. I don't think Brian, I don't think Marcus Freeman has done anything yet to, to convince me that he's going to win a, a major bowl game that Brian Kelly couldn't, couldn't win himself. Here's what I would say to that though, Jude, is that Marcus Freeman will invariably have better pieces in order to, to put his team. He will be able to field a better team talent wise than Brian Kelly was able to do. I don't think anybody's questioning the the coaching chop. I mean, I'm not. I think Brian I'm Kelly's not. a great coach. I'll, I will. Right. I'll always stand by that. I said that many times over over the last 12 years. Brian Kelly is a great coach, but the the <laughs> him saying there's a ceiling and he couldn't do this and that that's on him for what he didn't do. And so all all I'm really saying is, regardless of what you think Marcus Freeman can and can't do as a head coach. Freeman right now is proving Brian Kelly wrong. Like there wasn't that, that ceiling is made up that, that you're talking about. It's made up in your head. You could have done better. You just didn't want, you didn't want to put in the work. And that's all I'm really saying right now. We'll, we'll see how 
Marcus Freeman becomes, you know, what he does as a head coach. Um, I think his staff right now is probably inherently better than, than most of the staffs that Brian Kelly's fielded. Uh, just, you know, just based off of every fucking reporter alive talking right now and not just Notre Dame on Notre Dame's beat. There's a, I don't know, there's a little bit of a spark there. So is Brian Kelly or is Marcus Freeman going to gonna stumble? Yeah, we saw that in the fucking bowl game when he let, you know, when the defense let up. Now that's Mike Elston. You know, we can put that on Mike Elston because he's calling the defense on that as they shut, you know, as they get hosed. But I mean, are we going to hold the bowl game completely up as like, that's the one thing? I'm not going to, but I'm also not going to say that that's not going to be what we see this season. You're going to see moments where there's some bad, there's a bad decision being made. There's he's going to have to come along. The biggest point is, is that Notre Dame can be on the same level. If they have any team in the country can be on the same level as a Georgia and Alabama and, and Ohio state, if they get the same type of talent, right? Like if you get the same type of talent in your school, you could be on that level, regardless of where you're at. And so what Freeman is, is showing is if you put in the work, you're getting that talent. So that's all that's, yeah, so, that, that right, right. That right now is the most important thing is to bring that talent in and then let it rip. I mean, I, how good of a coach so is I, Ryan day? Really? I, you know what I'm saying? I have, I have one slight addendum to that. I think, which is, I think you need sustained recruiting success. I don't think one good year will do it. I think you Obviously. need to have guys yeah. backing up. Right. Yeah. And, and so we, we can, we can only judge Freeman based off of what he's done so far, which is obviously clearly impressive. Um, but, um, is Marcus Freeman too. suddenly going to stop being Marcus Freeman and his outlook and approach to recruiting after he gets one class going to let up? No, right. but, but, but Marcus Freeman has the highest potential right now and the, the least amount of actual results, right? So that it's a, it's a skew, right? It's all about the promise of Marcus Freeman, which I, I think we've all willfully bought into, which is that we, we believe that the product on the field is going to match the aggressiveness of the, the recruiting, uh, that's you been don't. done so far. You, you, I mean, you, you just said, that you I, did. I, well, I, I think I'm the most skeptical, I guess I would say, okay. I, I'm, I'm also hopeful, obviously, <laughs> you know, it's, it is look, I, I just, what I'm, what I guess I would say is the best situation would have been if Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden had recruited these guys for Brian Kelly, the, the veteran coach. But I'd also say that I don't think some of these guys that have recruit that have been committed to Notre Dame would have wanted to play for Brian Kelly. So I don't actually think it's re- realistic to think that they could have had the same class if Brian Kelly was still around. I don't know, man. I you just yeah. There's been a lot of stories over the last decade plus of recruits that went elsewhere, and I'm a, and and in my in my review in the reviews that I'm going to get to here in a minute, there's one in there that's that sticks out, just another one. Uh, it's just like he did not put in the fucking work. He was lazy as fuck on the recruiting trail. He thought things got sold themselves with the school and the assistants. And in his own mind, from day one, he thought that you had to shop down a different aisle for Notre Dame. And even if that is true, which it is, he made it more of a of this is my thing than to try to beat that, try to get around, try to find all the he, he wasn't a fucking winner on the trail. He just he took what he could. It it, it was better than uh, it was better than what he, obviously like how willing it was a lot of the ways of how Willingham recruited. He just got better results because he was a better coach. 
You know, I mean, they were winning, so it was an easier sell than Willingham's shit. You know, Weiss was a yeah, dog so on the trail. I guess what I would say is, if Freeman goes eight and five in his first season, and I'm not saying he's going to, and I hope for more, hope for hope for more, um, then some of the excitement around Marcus Freeman will have met the reality of a first year coach trying to figure things out, and there for will a be lot some. Of fans- there will be some fans, recruits yeah. who see that and say they're just too far away for for me to think that I'm going to win a college, a, eh. a college football mm. championship in my, in eh. my tenure. I think you could you could sell it eight and five. You could sell it eight and five. Texas A&M's been doing it for a long time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you could you could sell you could sell an eight and five program. Fuck, we don't. Charlie Weiss got a, Charlie Charlie Weiss got a number one. Charlie Weiss got a number one ranked class uh, after a three and nine season. There's a, way right. to, there's a way to sell a program, but you just you just actually pl- led into my point, which is it, it's one year of number one classes or number three classes or number six classes isn't simply enough. It's got to be sustained success on the recruiting right. trail. So what I'm th- and and sometimes the recruiting is hurt by the product on the field, and so when yeah. you don't get an opportunity to develop those players or something else about being Notre Dame gets in the way of success, which is what it Brian Kelly is positing. depends on how you sell it. I understand. But this is what Brian, on how you sell it. Brian Kelly is positing, right? Which is, we don't agree. We don't, we don't agree with Brian Kelly that, that Brian Kelly believes that, you know, he, he maxed out his potential. We don't, we all don't agree with that. Right. But Brian Kelly believes that he maxed out his potential and that Notre Dame was ultimately his potential, the, the, right. the governor on his, on his ultimate success. Right. So, Jude, I guess you raise a, a, an interesting thing about the development. Um, do you think that play? What was Brian Kelly a developer of players? Is is that something? I mean, he certainly put people in place to develop players, um, and some of them are still here. Tommy Reese is still here. Um, right. I, I I can't remember the conversation that we all heard about, but something where it was asked of a former player, like what was Brian Kelly's best attribute? And basically the answer was he, he, the trains ran on time so well that everyone knew exactly what they were supposed to do. And that he hired the, the follow-up was he, he put the right people in the right positions. Um, which, you know, as far as the hires go, the only question I have is, you know, Al Golden, I'm not because he's been in the NFL and he's been away from the college game. Um, he did a pretty good job of developing linebackers for the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, I don't know what he's going to be as a college defensive coordinator. But there's Marcus Freeman still there. I, um, I feel like that I've watched enough hard knocks to think to see w- what happens when when the sort of the organization is in a bit of disarray because the coach doesn't have a clear. Um, idea of how to delegate or what needs what needs his fine touch and what doesn't i i think brian kelly was actually really good at some of this stuff behind yeah. the scenes that marcus would you, freeman's gonna you, have to i'm gonna have to learn and i'm not saying that marcus freeman can't learn it i'm hoping for him to learn it but i'm i'm just i, I what i'm saying is if, if there's a if it takes two years to figure this out or get back to the understanding of the what can and cannot be done, you know, vis-a-vis Notre Dame administration, you know, 
passion for for football the way that Marcus Freeman envisions the football team to be, then there's going to be growing pains, and that might be reflected in um, less exciting recruiting classes. Uh, um, like I said, it dep- dep- depends on how you sell it, man. If you I, can right, put together hard, two good – if you can put together back-to-back good classes, though, Jude, like let's say – which You're means right. we just have one season of play. Say it's yeah, an 8-5 season this year, which I right. think we would we think is well, not. I don't think is like. I think no. I, th- I think maybe n- nine and three is probably, or you know maybe a, a nine and four, a ten and four, or a ten yeah, and three kind of, kind of season. A- anyways, but say you put. Let's just say it's eight and five for argument's sake. Say he has an eight and five season, and you brought in the. This is going to be the number two ranked class in the country. Let's just say uh, this 23 class. Well, you can t- you can go to the trail on 24, which they've already hit hard on. I mean, they're already well on their way with 24. That's that's key. It's like the earlier you get in there, so they're already hard on the trail on 24. You had this eight and five season. It was this first year. You got this great bunch of talent coming in. You can still sell the world to these kids. You can still sell. We are going to be fucking dynamite all this talent coming in. You're going to be coming in with them. We're going to be playing for ch- You can do all that with that one eight and five season. Now you, you back that up with the second eight and five. So your third recruiting class, now you're running into issues, but there's, there's a lot of time between now and the end of the 2023 season. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, and that's assuming that he falls flat on his face. To- that's just time for recruits to get cold feet about the product that they see on the oh field. My. They could, uh, do, I mean, they could do that at any time. They could do that with a with an eleven one season. We've seen recruits decommit on great seasons as it is. It's just it, I, the way Marcus Freeman goes about it, the way he has a staff goes about it. It is a more personable, all in type type of deal with these recruits, where you're not there's 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 not this distance that was created like when. Kelly was head coach. There was guys who just kind of felt like they were not feeling the love or getting the, getting the phone calls. And that shit comes back to bite them in the ass. And they're going after, maybe they're going after kids that, you know, Notre Dame is the backup school. I mean, we, we dealt with that with Stanford for a while, you know, top, a kid like Paul Adebo, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think the way, the way that Freeman is going about it and the way that he ha- is having the staff go about it, it's going to be less likely to have that cold feet kind of a thing. Are you still going to have decommitments? Absolutely. It's it's it happens everywhere. It happens to Alabama. Happens to Ohio State. Happens everywhere. And you're never going to get around that, and that's fine. Especially in this NIL world, where someone can come out of nowhere, as of right now, as of still as of right now, come out of nowhere and the kid kid could change his mind. I just think that the that the machine in place that they have right now, they can weather it. Uh, a mediocre eight and five season this year and still have a great recruiting class in 2024. So if you have two back-to-back class, I mean, the key is back-to-backs, back-to-backs to backs. And now you're cooking with gas and now you have more talent to develop yourself as a head coach. You know, the great thing about the great position that Marcus Freeman's in is he doesn't have to be the coordinator of a side of a ball. Like, you know, like Weiss, basically, you know, the off was basically the offensive coordinator, right? He had, we got, he's got Tommy Reese, the guy that he wants, the guy, the guy that he believes in. 
and he brought in Al Golden, who has been a head coach. He's been in the NFL. He's been a defense coordinator at the college level before. You can, the, you're kind of he's you're kind of rolling back yourself into the CEO type of coach, which gives you a little bit of leeway and lets you have have a little bit of hands on with everything, rather than be completely consumed with one where you can completely lose, you know, you can lose a lot on the other side of the ball. So I think there's, and look, nothing is for certain. Nothing is absolute. I'm not, Jew could be absolutely right. Marcus Freeman could end up just taking this whole thing on the field. You, you can, that still could still be a possibility for sure. I just think with the recruiting structure in place, the talent that you bring in, what he's doing my only point Staff to all this was he's absolutely proven Brian Kelly wrong about what you can do talent to get talent at Notre Dame. That's to me, that's the only point that I'm really making is that Kelly is full of shit. He could have done more, should have done more. And had he done more, perhaps he would have a national championship if he was on this level of, of work ethic on the recruiting trail. That's it. I mean, if Notre Dame had more talent in 2018, you know, I mean, Julian Love went out and then all of a sudden, you know, our one corner, we had no depth there. If we had depth there. Does Notre Dame make that more of a game? You had another game breaker on, on one side of the ball. Can you win that game? Yes. You know, I mean, it just, it, it just takes a couple of extra guys, you know, in some cases to get you over the hump in that huge game. And we're talking about more than a couple of guys, extra guys on, on that level that he's getting. So, whew. Brian Kelly's full of shit. I think that's the main point, right? Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Except maybe not Jude. But we're mostly all in agreement. I think, I think, no, I think Jude gets it. I mean, I think Jude and I, I think are more on the same level than you think. Brian Kelly's a great head coach. And yes. I, I will not deny that. But he is lazy on the trail. That, but I think that's that, part of being a head coach. I the the only thing, and again, this pains me to to maybe defend the guy. I, I've never read his comments to be solely about recruiting. I felt like it was holistic. There was something about Notre Dame that he couldn't get to the level that he thinks he can get with with LSU, and I, I've never I've never interpreted that solely as just re, recruiting. Well, I thought he, this well, he was said about. It. But what 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 is that, that was that was his comments going to LSU? I have what all is, the talent I could, I could get right here. Yeah, he what is what else time. is there? If it's not well, recruiting, it's, what else it's is there? Support it's, from the it's not the lunch table. Think, no, I think it's support from the administration, which he's been very clear about was was lacking. That they had different philosophies in terms of what was needed for the program. So why do you need these things to recruit? To to recruit. You don't need any of those things for anything I mean, other I than just, recruiting. I guess I disagree. I, I think he, you need those things to to sustain the success of a program, right? If you have, but how do you sustain the success of a program by putting talent in <laughs> every year? You got talent going out. You need talent coming in. That's right. That's part of the a huge part and of the part of that is of program. Part of that is that the the, the young pups who are high school seniors talk to the you know the sophomores and juniors and ask them about the program and they say, yeah, I mean, that it's great, except for I got to, I got to study in the hall and you know, I, there's no, 
there's no table for me to eat, you know, eat at or not table, but you know what I'm saying? The training training tables is, is lacking and, you know, it could be better. And the other guy's saying, well, you know, they got all this stuff at Clemson and LSU and Alabama and all the other places I'm looking at. So. Right. But if you're Jack Swarbrick, you're sitting, you're sitting in that meeting with, with BK and he's telling you, you know, Hey, I need this, this, and this. And I'm Jack and I'm saying, well, you, Okay, Brian, I understand that's what what you think you need. And, you, you know, you're probably right. And, you know, we can work towards getting that. But what I need is for, you know, for you to fucking call a five-star wide receiver that wants to commit and you just don't call him. And what's that about? I mean, it, it's the little things like that. Like, you didn't I mean, even need I, this shit. You, you, you didn't if, need those things. If, to, to, if Jack Swarbrick said up. that and I was the head coach, I'd say, well, clearly I don't want to, I don't want to work for you because – you think you know your job better than me, and you don't. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Brian. I'm, I'm reading this article here, and there's, it's unrefutable. There, All right, well, I'm the, head, I'm, the head, say it. I'm the head fucking coach of this university, this program, and you paid me six million dollars to do this job. So you either trust me or you don't. Well, I do trust you, but I also, I had trust that you were trying to recruit at the top level, and this does not seem like you're recruiting at the top level. Well, I am just now you've you've read one South Bend Tribune article, and you now you're so now, a subject matter expert in how I so now so now so now you're immune you're immune to criticism you're immune to sit down and try to make yourself better. No, I'm not immune you, to criticism, no, but I'll all. take you, it from somebody who actually knows what the fuck title? they're talking about. You won a national title. You you know it all. You I can't sit Dude, down I'm here and sorry, ask Jack. How many national titles have you won? The same number. I'm the one that hired you. That's what I'm saying. I got to get you going. I'm saying I got a ninety five million dollar offer from a university that's not going to give me half the shit you're giving me right now. Then fucking take it and then get your ass kicked by saving every other week. I will. (laughs) Okay, I will. All right. I should I should have his Jack Swarbrick voice. I should. The one, the, to be honest with you, the one thing that I laughed at was he had made some comment like, "It I I've been in this business for 32 years. I'm not chasing the dollars. It's insulting when people say that LSU Coach Kelly went for the money. I, I wouldn't have ever taken the job for a little bit more money. If it wasn't the best Bullshit. job. I'm like, dude, come on. Just you were, it's okay to be it's okay to be the villain. Just lean into it. Just be like, yeah, it's okay. Be it. He was they quoted. He was quoted what? Less than two weeks before saying that the only way he'd leave Notre Dame is if somebody threw him ridiculous money. <laughs> right. Well, and, and then somebody threw him so once again, money. Brian Kelly, shut the fuck up. You're, you're, by the way, you're, you're saying shit that, that's just biting you in the I'm, ass. I'm a red, but uh, I'm a red blooded Republican. We, we champion people making it to the top of the heap. Okay. When you say I'm going to set up not only my, my family, but my family's family for generational wealth. You said it like, wrong. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I believe it's family. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Brendan. My bad. All right. Moving on. We do have a few other things to talk about. Brian Kelly ain't going to fucking dominate this show anymore. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> got some reviews, fellas. Uh, just a reminder. Uh, everyone get on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating, leave a review, and a review that you leave, I will read on the next OFD podcast. And I'm telling you, I've been people have been doing it. Go ahead, take your girlfriend's phone, your mom's phone, your sister's phone, your neighbor's phone, whoever whoever isn't gonna isn't gonna call the cops. Basically, download that show on the on their phone. They might even thank you for it later. Who knows? 
they just we, removed the last payphone in all of New York City. So that's one fewer phone you have to compete with. Exactly. Colin, exactly. Colin Farrell would be very sad. Maroon 5 right. is distraught. <laughs> that changes the movie plots for like 20% of the fucking movies made pre-2005. I mean, is there? Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Before you get into the reviews, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a major plot point in, in the movie Collateral, the Tom Cruise movie with Jamie Foxx, where he can't get reliable cell phone signal and therefore can't like call the, you know, extricate himself from from issues? Like, think about how that was a huge plot point in movies that existed before reliable cell phone service. Now, like, if, if, I mean, unless, you, unless it's a horror movie and you're out in the woods, like, I don't really think that works anymore, right? Like you're in a major city, you can't get self reliable. There's a 20 mile radius around a um, a radio uh, satellite dish in West Virginia that you will get no bars. You can't even use yes. a microwave in that. Yep, because they can't. Uh, there's a podcast I listened to uh, that was that was set around that thing, and it's because they need it. It's a deep space it's uh, so telescope sensitive. Yeah, that they can't have any of that there. Yeah, you can't even run a microwave. It's crazy. All right. First review here from Straight Shooter Greg. Five stars. A Kyle Hamilton earned a five-star review. My friends, longtime listener, second-time reviewer, lifetime (laughs) earned five-star friend of the pod here with some important comments for the people. These boys are my buds, but I was a listener way before that, and that's how you know what's good and worth your time. They know all there is to know about the team, have quote unquote the takes, but are but aren't trying to be quote unquote takey and are willing to yell at each other. <laughs> we did it. If someone, if someone says something like, Are we sure Jimmy Clausen was good? Pro <laughs> don't complain to Josh in the comments. It soaks the fire of a thousand suns. A question for the boys. Going back to 2010, what this is a tough one, fellas. Going back to 2010, what Notre Dame defense would make the best offense and what Notre Dame offense would make the best defense? I'll hang up and listen. Kyle forever. Olive Garden forever. California forever. (laughs) BK didn't have the chest. Love thee. Wow. That was great. And Greg will be on the pod. I told him I was going to make him be on the pod. I was about to. And he's like, hey, uh. I probably need to make an appearance. Like, yeah, yeah. So we'll have Greg on the pod this summer a uh, couple times, I'm sure. All right. So is it a is it a is it a sellout move or a cheaty move to say the best Notre Dame defense being an offense would be the one where they converted the most offensive players to defense? <laughs> like, I'm thinking, what year? Like J- James Onwalu was a who was a pretty good linebacker, but also I mean started off as a wide receiver, and we would also I, get. Um, uh, Kabari Russell, we, you know what I'm saying? I could get like 2012 or 13. I'm sure there's some overlap here where I could get enough offensive players to get me started. The key, the key is, can we find someone to play quarterback? Yes. You could go to the 2019, uh, yeah. you could go to the 2019 season and you could get Avery Davis who Davis. opened fall camp at cornerback. There you go. And oh, Kyle Hamilton can play wide receiver. Kyle Hamilton. What, can play. what about uh, didn't didn't uh, Troy Pride play quarterback at in his at high school? 
He did. It was a I think it was a wing T offense, which I have no problems with, but you know, <laughs> <I do. laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm going too far there. <laughs> the but, 2016 uh, would be pretty good. I mean, they, they, a lot of points are scored, right? Offensive points on them. I mean, which linebackers are going to make your, I mean, like this lat, like 2021 cam Hart was a I wide mean, receiver. We Ether, saw Kyle Hamilton out there, wide receiver. Offense. Um, Bo Bauer, make an excellent fullback. Uh, Jack Kaiser, uh, showed some wheels, uh, and a couple of touchdown runs that he had. Uh, he could play some, he played some running back in, in high school. Um, so is, yeah, the answer is 19. Jalen, right? Jalen Smith, uh, was awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was a great running back. Ooh, the pieces around him though. Who, who would play? Well, who would play quarterback is the, is the biggest question. I mean, if we want to go triple option, I think there's a lot of routes we could go. Yes. And I would always lean towards that, obviously. I, I mean, the, if you go triple option, the 12, the 12 team would be pretty good at playing the triple option because. Um, Tao at running back. Tao, but Calabrese also you could, line, you could line Stefan to it up at fullback. And that would be punishing. <laughs> I think we need an offensive I mean, tackle at some point, right? If we go later, if we go later, Jerry Tillery can definitely play offensive line. But I don't know if there's anybody there that makes sense. Okay, ProSize was on defense in 2013. So the 2013 defense. I had Jalen Smith. No. Yeah, they yeah had Jalen, Jalen Smith. Smith. 2013. Yeah. It had uh, Kavari Russell. Yeah. Um, he played Matthias Farley was no was another Matthias back Farley? and forth guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was a back and forth guy. Well, um, let's pick one. Well, we got we got to pick a defense. I'm picking. I'm picking off. 19. I think 19's the the smart pick because you oh, can put Kyle Jerron, wide receiver. Jerron Jones. It played offensive tackle in oh, his yeah. professional career. I'm going to 2013. Oh, those are both good choices. For the other good question too is which does the 13 have the capable parts for a cohesive offensive line as well? The only listen. The only thing this the reviewer wants to know is. Who is going to take Kyle Hamilton? And well, so I'm going to take 2019 because yeah. that has Kyle Hamilton uh, at wide receiver as he was denied the right through those three years. Da- Daniel Smith played defense in 2013. Oh, man, I, I got this. I got this. I got, I got, J- I mean, we have the athleticism JOK. Wait, the, was, was Troy Nicholas on the team in 2013? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, as a tight end. Is a tight end. Uh, that's a, yeah. I mean, you could do tight end linebacker, but Nicholas. Ooh, man. I don't know. That 2013 team defense is looking mighty offensive-y. <laughs> mighty offensive-y. Off- that's, a, fuck it, that's a word. Look it up. Mighty, mighty offensive. <laughs> All right. The other one is hard. The other one is harder, I think, right? Going offense to defense. Oh, I, I think it actually is easier because you can just okay. take whatever. You, you take a quarterback and make him a safety, right? So like Brandon Wimbush could be a safety, right? Okay. Like, like you're not going to take last year's offense because what are you going to do with Jack Cohn? But is Brandon not, Wimbush the only person that this works for? Because I couldn't see making Ian Book into anything. No. I couldn't see making Tommy Reese into anything, right? I, no. I you can. I bet I bet Book would be in, would be a 
a Stu Schweigert like safety. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he the guy that cut it, the guy that cut his own uh, highlights and put them up on YouTube, and that's the only thing that you can get from certain Purdue Notre Dame games. <laughs> Stu Is that what he did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, yeah. give him credit; he had a hell of a game. Very Stu Schweigerties. Two thousand three. So. I'm I'm gonna say two thousand seventeen is the best possible option. Um, because you I get think, Wimbush. Well, because you get Wimbush, but then um, you can flip the offensive line and put them on the defensive line, and that seems pretty good to me. You also right, have you get I you mean, get Nelson and McGlinchey, right? You get Nelson and you, you got put McGlinchey on the, as a power. Yeah, EQ St. Brown would work fine as like a safety or corner right he'd be yeah. fine well you got like well oh, I mean, josh Mike, adams it's six Stefferson, one was Stefferson playing like corner, right Stefferson at corner and the slot who's playing linebacker uh chase Claypool. alizé mack alizé mack chase claypool alizé mack chase claypool be a, na- be a nasty Matt outside edge player as a freshman i don't know nick wisher probably could Although, nick wisher could have banged right what do you do what do you do with Cam Smith and Freddie Canteen. There's a lot of. I mean, what is Chris Fink? They're hurt. They're hurt. <laughs> They're hurt. <laughs> Chris, Chris Fink, Fink plays like nickel. He plays. He plays the. He plays nickel. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I'll go with 2017. Chase Claypool. Yeah, you definitely could get a D at him, right? Like an edge rusher. Yeah, yeah or a stand-up linebacker or something you could, like you that. You could bulk him up. Yeah. Edge. You know, stand-up. All right, edge. I like that. I like 2017. Oh. I wonder if Greg has a right answer for this. Well, 19, well he's got his answer. 19's I'm right. sure. Yeah, 19 is right. Def- I think that 19 is yeah. probably definitely the answer. Although, you know, 2020 could work again. Stu Schweigerty with Ian Book and Avery Davis was a slot receiver. Yeah, I you could go 2020 too and still, I mean, still work in there, Kyle. Wasn't wasn't a great difference in, in what they twenty had. you pick up Mayor right in twenty is Mayor's first year yeah so he could be super helpful yeah he'd be he'd be good at he'd be good at things if you went defense if you went if you picked the other side too but you're talking yeah. about defense to offense in this one right well there we're talking about offense to I'm just talking about. Though I would which, rather which I would rather have Tommy Tremble, but I'd you're trying to get bench. Kyle Hamilton to offense, right? So you got oh yeah, if you had, in 2020 you get Tommy Tremble uh, on defense too. Then 2019 you get Tremble as well. Yeah, right. but you get you get fucking kickass Tremble in 2020. Yeah. Well, you'd also want Mayor, I would think, right? Well, maybe. Oh, yeah. But you get you have Brock Wright and Tremble. Uh, you have you have some options in 19. That's a good question. I never even thought it is about a solid, it. It is a solid question. Why did they build the whole plane out of Kyle Hamilton? <laughs> they should. They should. You'll never. You'll, you'll I just know, know if it was the 19 it. team. The only problem is, is that, uh, well, yeah, it, uh, it would be pretty good. Okay. Well, thank you, Greg. I hope that helps. And we're going to, obviously we're going to be waiting with bated breath to find out what your uh, two squads were. So you'll have to let us know. Um, next one here from MT boy, 91 villains antidote. Great show that entertains every time I five stars. 
Great show that entertains every time I listen. I appreciate everyone's personality, though I tend to side with Jude's points more than anyone else. Boo this man. <laughs> <laughs> Long time listener, summer of 19, and regrettably have yet to leave a review. Sorry, boys. My wife's an alum and hardcore UGA fan. We plan Ooh. fall Saturdays around Notre Dame and Georgia kickoff times. Listening to Villains Part 4 gave me a reason to share a relevant antidote. I live in Indy and went to the Natty with my wife and her family. The day before, in a crowded bar, we find ourselves next to JT Daniels' parents and get to talking. My fandom comes up, and they share a BK story. JT Daniels went on his visit to ND and left saying, this is it. I love the school. This is where I want to play. Apparently, he and Deshaun Kaiser worked out with the same quarterback guru slash trainer as Kaiser prepared for the combine. He said, I don't know if I'm ready for the NFL, but I'll never play another down for Brian Kelly. Apparently, this caused some serious reconsideration and ultimately impacted JT's decision to go to USC. The Kelly slash Kaiser relationship aside, stories about BK coming to light post LSU job highlight how different players view him compared to Freeman. Here's to a new era. I love what you guys do and continue to enjoy your five star content. Go Irish. There were I mean, a lot of it, sour grapes for that one. I was going to say, it, sure. scans, it scans so well. I mean, first of all, why would anybody make up that story? So, so I believe it. I believe that. And it sounds so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing is, like, we, we know that the end of that relationship was was incredibly toxic. So. Yeah, that is the thing. Like, why would you make it up? And if you did make it up, that's exactly what you would say, because it's that at all. I was going to say that you made up a really plausible story. So. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, yeah, that's duh is what I'll, I'll say to that. That's just there's just I'm and, sure and more stories will surface over the years. We, we love that kind of color, right? So oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, there was a lot to JT Daniels recruitment that obviously helped push him over the edge. But uh, um, and, you know, in the end, that kept that helped keep Amara St. Brown out of South Bend. So yeah, sure did. Oh, shoot. Again, thank you for the review. Reminder, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. We're looking for that five-star. Julian Love, five-star. Bring him back a second time name to this podcast. Uh, five-star content. Just do it. All right. Moving on. Um, let's change sports for a minute, fellas. I mean, it's baseball season. I'm over here racking my brain about how I'm doing my little league lineups, who I'm voting for, for the, for the all-stars. I mean, it's some serious shit going on over here in Hicksville. Yeah. I actually was going to ask you, do you know how to get tickets to the, uh, the first round in South Bend? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, you mean the, the right. team that was top 10 all season? Surely they would be hosting. Surely you mean the team that was that was regional, right? You mean the team that was borderline a super regional host uh, at eight going into the uh, to the UNC game, and all of a sudden pff, you're the a two falls out. You know, I thought I thought Dude. Eric Hansen put I thought Eric Hansen put it best when the selection committee chair was asked about about why you know the the rate their the seatings were the way they were. He said a word salad like there was no there was no good reason. No, <laughs> was there was done. none. And the, the, I think the great thing about this and it was something that I really enjoyed. The only thing I enjoyed 
uh, at all about the hosing that Notre Dame lacrosse got was the fact that you saw people come out of the woodworks like defending Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't get defenders like outside the bubble defenders for anything, right? It's it's normally a, a rub it in the face kind of like a like like basically how we view Michigan on everything. You're never going to see us defend Michigan on anything. But you get all these people coming out of the woodworks to defend Notre Dame and and you know fight for them on social media for the lacrosse. The same fucking thing happened in baseball, and it was people were lit were shook, man. They were. Absolutely. Like, what the fuck is going on? And you're absolutely right, Jude. The word salad given just showed that there was no point. Like lacrosse, it was like they, they, they basically just bow down and suck the Ivy League off. Right. And in this case, they're just bowing down and sucking Southern teams off. And the fact that they were giving yeah. the Big Ten a pass for being Northern schools and then at the, at the same time holding it against Notre Dame. Yeah, it's just I, I love the, the R- I love the, 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 the record against the RPI, the RPI, the top fifty, all that stuff. Notre Dame is a it, Priester said it be, said it best this way: like he didn't believe that they were good enough to host a super regional, which they got fucked out of last year, absolutely fucked out of last year. Hosted a regional, then had to go to Stark Vegas, fought tooth and nail, lost two lost two out of three of there. Could have won. I mean, we're damn close to winning that. And had they had hosted that super regional last year, they, I would say they had a really good chance to punch their ticket to Omaha. This year, they're getting fucked out of a, you know, they probably were not good enough to host a super regional. They did have some slip ups, but they were damn good enough to host a regional and to put them down there in, in Statesboro, number two seed. Oh, and by the way, you win that regional, where do you go? The fucking Knoxville to take on Tennessee, the number one overall seed, and who has just dominated all season. It's like it's like last year, like it's just it's a it's a mirror image of last year in a way. And it is such horseshit that you that you get hosed like this. And the worst part of it all is, is that you're fighting tooth and nail to be get respected, and then there's Clemson firing their fucking head coach, and now we got to worry about losing Link Jarrett to Clemson who finished dead last in the ACC this year, but they have a much better baseball culture and are willing to shell out some bucks. So all this is just a fucking triple slap in the face and it's horse shit. And all you want to do is go major league on them and win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> if, if they win the whole fucking thing, then Link's here is definitely gone. Um, and I'll be fine well, with yeah. that. And if day. they make it, you know what? You know who they got to play if they make it. Like, not only did they get shafted by uh, uh, not getting to be a host, you know who they get if they make it through this? Yeah, Tennessee. Number one overall, Tennessee. C Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, what Tennessee. that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, even to get there, look, Texas Tech finished number two in a pretty tough Big Twelve. You got them right off the bat. Now it's it's double elimination play. I don't if I don't know how many of you actually really know, you know, how the NCAA baseball tournament works out, but in the regionals, it's, it's double limb. So no, the two, three starts off would be Texas tech and Notre Dame. And you got Georgia Southern and then UNC Greensboro in there. So, I mean, you, you lose two, you're out, but the Texas tech is not a fucking pushover and Georgia Southern's a, a, is a good team. So this is, it, this, it's going to be tough to get out of this regional. I think they can still do it. 
But when you do that, what's more than likely waiting for you are the volunteers who are just been, I mean, they've lit it up this season. They've dominated this season and dominating the sec in baseball is a lot like dominating the sec in football. It's just that that is a great baseball conference. It's it, the, Tennessee's good. They're really, really good. So it's a, it's a double smack, man. It's just, they're just making the path harder for no fucking reason other than they want to be dicks about it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I love the. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is what makes baseball beautiful that they couldn't uh, play games against Virginia Tech when it was 28 degrees outside. Like, come on, man, don't punish them for this. Well, and the, the Virginia Tech one was key. Now, I, I know they talked about NC State, but. Notre Dame got swept by Virginia Tech early in the season. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, Notre Dame, you kind of wanted that. You needed that series back against VT, you know, against Virginia Tech. But it shouldn't have been not like this. You don't hold to them. You don't hold the feet to the fire to their feet on this and like lose out on a regional because of it. Fucking because of fucking snow. Kind of, I mean, so what anyways, kind of monsters the, are you? The first game is at 2 p.m. on Friday against Texas Tech, right? And if they win that, then they play the winner of Georgia Southern U, let's say UNC Greensboro. Is that what UNC yeah, is? Yeah, which is where Link Jarrett, which is where Link Jarrett came from. I mean, he's gotcha. Florida State little, but. What is the mascot at UNC Greensboro? Do we, do we know? You no, know, I don't know. <laughs> they, uh, they have a home field? They do not. <laughs> they they, they might by the end of the week. They part of season four? They are not, which we'll talk about. Oh, they're the Spartans. They're the Spartans. Spartans, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Fake Sparty. A fake Sparty action going on down there. Uh, I I mean, is Brian Van Gorder or Paul Johnson going to show up in support of uh, Georgia Southern? Oh, man. I mean, they can duke it out in the seventh inning stretch. (laughs) Give the people what they want. I'd, I'd actually want to see that very badly. <laughs> uh, so that was that was shit. That was terrible. Uh, but yeah, speaking of home field, yeah, they're making a special uh, Tennessee baseball shirt. That's how good they are uh, at <laughs> baseball. Uh, but home field right now, they just kicked off their season four, and uh, it's 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 good. It's good. Now I will, admittedly, I will say that. I'm not a big fan of the Arkansas shirt. It's nice, 
but I'm super excited about the Arizona State shirt that should be in my mailbox tomorrow. Uh, and I really can't wait to see what they got going on uh, with Arizona because they're pushing a lot of Wilbur content uh, <laughs> out with that. But season four is out. We've we got those three schools right now. They'll have 11 more. You can still sign up uh, to be a part of the, that subscription plan. $20 uh, a week, $5 shipping uh, gets you the shirt of the week. They'll ship it out on that Friday. You'll get it like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, shipping's kind of been a little funky lately uh, for everything. Um, but um, it's pretty dope. And hey, if you don't like any, if you, if you don't like just wearing random uh, college gear as much as I do, uh, then you want to get some Notre Dame gear and it's some fresh stuff, soft, comfortable gear. Uh, get yourself set up for the season. If you use the code one foot, uh, on your first order, you'll save 15% and you'll, uh, you'll thank us for it. Cause it's, uh, it's good stuff. All right. Um, Stefan to it. Pittsburgh Steelers today announced the retirement yeah. onto it. Um, the death of his brother seems Not to surprising. Yeah, he was it. He missed all season last year. Is that what it was? All season. Yeah. And he's had an injury, some injuries. Right? He had injuries too. Um, so. So nine years um, in the break. Brendan, as our resident Pittsburgh Steeler guy, how much time do you have left in this contract? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. He had some like nine mil, nine mil or something left on the table though. Oh wow, it's a lot of dough. Yeah, but it was just—it's too much for him. Uh, obviously, the 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 death of his of his brother was obviously crippling for him, and continues to be something that uh, that weighs on him. Uh, and you know, it's—I gotta say, it's it's not just grief in a lot of these cases. I mean, I don't I don't know what Stefan Tewitt is going through. Haven't interviewed him, spoke with him. Uh, and not a lot of people have really have got a lot of, out about them, but in some cases, it's just that you, ch- your life changes when someone that close and someone that much means to you is gone. Some of your priorities change. Some of what you want to do changes. So, you know, maybe Stefan to it isn't, he's not in the, in the mindset of being in, I mean, in the NFL, you got to be a warrior every day yeah. and maybe that's just not the mindset that, that he wants to be in or feels like he can be in. And wants to move on with his life and do something else. And, and he had a he had a he hurt his he had a bad knee. Yes. And then he uh, he injured his knee trying to come back. And like that's hard. And if your heart's not in it, coming back from a knee like that, being a big dude. Right. It, it so I mean, it's just it is no, it is not surprising. And I just I was pleasantly surprised at the at the mostly heartfelt uh, responses on Twitter. Um, you know, most people are pretty understanding about, you know, about it all. Um, you know, sometimes you get an asshole say just dumb shit. They don't, they don't know. They're whatever. They're not, they're, they're nobodies. Uh, but it was a pleasant surprise to see the, the mostly positive uh, outreach, you know, towards him for, for this decision. Um, it, it's a big deal. You know, Stefan to it was a, was a, Huge get for Notre Dame on the recruiting trail. Big get for Brian Kelly. Um, you know, back and forth between Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. Uh, and, you know, had a good career at Notre Dame. 
uh, has had a solid career when healthy uh, with, you know, in the league. So, you know, all that aside, family tragedy hits, your body starts taking a toll. It's just, it, it all adds up. It's good to have a, a, a solid education and different avenues to go make a living and to go live a life. Uh, so, and then that's not to use anything, not to use it as a selling point, but it is certainly something to, to say, you know, like that you have other options, you know, this doesn't have to be the end all uh, be all of, of who you are, or what you are. You have other options because of uh, the education that you got. Um, and that's, you know, that's important. So uh, good luck to Stefan and uh, hope he's able to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you know, heal from all this uh, and, you know, live his life. And he's got so much life left. Uh, he's old 29. He? I was going to say 30, less than 30 years old, right? Yeah. 29. Yeah. Man, what I would, what I wouldn't do to be 29. <laughs> I saw, um, I saw a post on Instagram the other day from Ben Koyak and just saying, you know, he, he said, the part that sucks the most is that he feels like he's still ready to to play. Um, but he, at this point, it's now been two years since he's been with a team. So the idea that the dream is over, it's just kind of a hard realization to come from. And so he just said, he put a, I put a note out saying if anyone needs advice or, you know, insight about, you know, the league or breaking in or whatever. And then somebody had suggested that he actually pair up with, um, somebody else who was doing, you know, basically transitioning, helping to transition uh, NFL players who were forced into sort of retirement because of their, you know, their perceived lack of ability, um, you know, weren't ready to, to, to give up and start a, a new career at age, whatever, 27, 28, but were, you know, sort of required to because their career had sort of come to an end. So um, Tua gets to go out on his own terms and, but he has a lot. He has a lot to do, and as Justin Tuck has proven, you can have a great second chapter, probably even as significant or more significant than the first one. Yeah, and there's also there's hey look there's other leagues. If you if you got if you have a plan and you're not banking on absolutely, Varus Daniels has lived a pretty good life in Canada. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's all sorts of different routes if you want to take. You can still take a football route, but to have you're, you're absolutely right. You to have those other resources to to do something else with your life to make it a little easier when when you might not think that you're ready or didn't think that you were ready at that moment it makes things a lot better. I don't I don't think that's even unique to you know being in, being an athlete. I think it's it's probably the same phenomenon that everyone experiences when they're insanely good at something and then they stop being able to, to be able to do that or their services are no longer required. You know, I think my father went through a, a very similar thing where, you know, he was kind of the big dog in the advertising world for, for, a, for a while. And then, you know, sort of lost his fastball and was sort of trying to understand, you know, what his new role was. And he did consulting for a while and it just, it was never the same. Right. But was, was your dad Don Draper? <laughs> no, but you know, 
so my dad worked on a couple of really fun campaigns that I think if you were our age, you would probably remember. So oh, dying he, worked on, he worked on the Trident four out of five dentist degree. Right. So that was, Oh hell fun. yeah. And he also worked on the big rollout of, um, a lot of people don't remember this, but Listerine only used to come in one flavor and it was a God awful flavor. I mean, like if you were an alcoholic, you probably love the flavor, but, um, the original <laughs> flavor is, is by far the worst. Terrible. And so Terrible, yeah. when they announced cool mint Listerine, they had a big campaign where there was a cool mint bottle that was I remember um, it. going through the jungle. Like, and they were like this song and, oh, and it, like he was doing like a Tarzan type thing or whatever. Yeah, my father worked on that campaign. So he did Roll oh, Age too. Yeah. So actually, one of the things you, that you're speaking a lot of all these products, Jude, are speaking to me. Every single one of those products yeah. speak, speaks to me on a personal this, level. Your dad is Don Draper. This is a this is a fun little moment. Um, so my father wakes me up one time really early, stupid early, like 6 a.m., 5.30 sort of deal or whatever on a Saturday. And he says, come on, come with me. Let's go to breakfast. And I've got to be six or seven years old at this point, right? And of course, a seven-year-old, you like, you just, you do what your dad says, right? And he says, get your uh, Joe Morris jersey on, because I had a Joe Morris jersey because I was a big Giants fan when I was little, right? And so I can put my Joe Joe Morris jersey on and my New York Mets cap, and we go out, and they're shooting a Rolaids commercial with Bill Parcells. And so... I get to not only meet Bill Parcells, but they have fake giants that are dressed up in real giants uniforms, um, you know, like doing the shot where the you know guys tackle each other and or two guys run into each other. And then Bill gets upset stomach because, you know, the team's playing so poorly. Give me a roll aids or I don't remember what it was or whatever. So I got to play <laughs> with the fake giants on the field while they were waiting for like the next shot to get set up. And I got to meet. Bill Parsons, right? And so, like, for a seven-year-old, this is, like, the most amazing thing. So my dad was basically God at that point. You know, like, it was just like, I, you know, <laughs> who can make these opportunities? Dad can. You know, it's crazy. Don so, Draper. Don Draper, exactly. That is, so. that is fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to ask about the secretaries. Uh, so moving on to a story that uh, I was going to type up while we were talking, but we got so passionate about Brian Kelly. Nate Lazinski, Lazinski, sorry, Lazinski. <laughs> Nate Lazinski is coming back to Notre Dame for another year. Uh, was going to go into the to the NBA draft. Uh, dude, this is huge for Notre Dame basketball to get Laz back. Uh, you know, losing Blake Wesley was, uh, it's not good, but you know, you, you kind of get a, a little bit of sugar on that with, uh, with a five-star kid like JJ Starling coming in. Um, uh, and they, you know, that kind of overshadows a, a, a good recruiting class, uh, with, with forward, uh, Van Allen Lubin and, and the big man, uh, Dom Campbell. So, and they got a, a, a nice, uh, uh, transfer from Niagara. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, we just did, a, we just did a review of him. Mark, thank Mark, you, Marcus Mark Hammond. Hammond. Yeah, we just did a, Yeah. Uh, so this is good news for Mike Bray. Uh, I think that just a couple of weeks ago, I, from what I was told, that this was not going to happen. Like we were, we were not getting him back. 
Uh, so, yay. I think these are sort of the underrated recruitment moments too, right? And I, and Absolutely. again, not to beat the proverbial dead horse and give Brian credit, Brian Kelly credit, because uh, we're not into that now. But I think Brian Kelly was pretty good at this, um, convincing guys to come the back. Six, too. The six star and, recruit. Yeah. Yeah. The old Michael Floyd so. six star. Matai Teo, same thing. No, it's, it's, uh, this is absolutely fantastic news. McGlinchey, I guess, um, would say, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, Nelson wanted to come back. It had leaned that way, and I, but I think everybody was like, "No, nah, dude, <laughs> you probably, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go pretty high. You need to go." Uh, but I do know that that, that Nelson, uh, on a personal level, you know, wanted to return to Notre Dame for another year. So, so yeah, Brian Kelly was. Was was good at that. Um, look, Notre Dame just doesn't ha- hasn't had enough talent to have that happen. It, the, the adage is to to get old and stay old, right? And especially at a program like Notre Dame, and they've done a pretty good job of that mostly. Now, the, this class, the class that Laz is in, a lot of these guys are playing as as freshmen and sophomores, so it's it's been a different transition these last you know three four years trying to get back to the place they were at, um, you know, back when we were, you know, going to elite eights. Uh, but honestly, with, with the pieces they have for next season and Mike Bray is still, still a good head coach. He's still the loosest coach in America. Uh, could have a, could have a pretty good time. Prentice hub, uh, is not going to return in for a fifth year. Um, I did hear something about Europe, but don't know about that. Um, so yeah, this is great news. Everybody drink. Celebrate. Muzzle tough. Muzzle tough. All right. I do want to bring up the fact that I I, uh, I I lit a fire last night around 1130. Yeah, you sure did. And have no no confidence <laughs> about it. As, as we woke up to this morning in the DMs, Joshua chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it, I'm just, I'm even more angry about it because it is just so easy for me. It's so easy to understand the point. And so many people are not getting the fucking point of all this. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's up on the site. Does Notre Dame really need five-star quarterback Dante Moore? Now this isn't uh, out of the blue thing. I spoke about this exact thing on this podcast, but last podcast or two podcasts ago, I just brought it up. Like, like not getting Dante Moore I, is not the end of the world as far as Notre Dame football is concerned. And a lot of fans right now are really, everything is riding on, on his recruitment. And while I will 1000% admit this is an important recruit you want him. He, you know, he's fantastic. Five stars is all the stuff. All I was saying is that I had, here's a couple scenarios I can map out and they're not, it's not like a bunch of nonsense. It's this is stuff that can and will happen. And is he really that important? Because maybe he's not there. Maybe he comes under Dave, then he's not there when you, when you, when you think. So basically what I'm saying is if Tyler Buckner, 
who we have no idea. We still really have no idea how he's going to shake out. Right. We're hoping for the best. Let's just say Tyler Buckner is everything that we thought he was going to be as a recruit coming in. Look, he, he had some great moments as a, as a f- true freshman out there. It's, you know, he went out there in game situations. He made some mistakes. He made some good plays. He had, according to uh, reporters with sources that could see, he had a really good spring uh, <laughs> before. The, and we did see the spring game because he fell down some steps. So say Tyler Buckner is the real deal. Let's just let's just go ahead and allow yourselves that that thing. If you're going to if you're going to sit here and say that a kid who hasn't even played a senior year in high school yet is the real deal and is going to lead Notre Dame to the national championship. How about the guy that that still has all that potential and is right there and right there to make. So let's just say Tyler Buckner's the real deal comes back as a as a as a nice 2022 um, and in 2023. I kind of say that, you know, hey, maybe Notre Dame goes to the playoffs. Maybe they they lose one of those rare close games in the semis, or maybe they make it to the finals and, and you know, and lose there. And he decides, hey, man, I, w- I want to come back and win a national championship in 2024. I want to win a Heisman. Everything's right there for me. We have all this talent here. So how important is Dante Moore at that point? And mind you, he would be the he would be a freshman in 2023. So he's a sophomore in 2024. Is our our five-star type elite quarterbacks the kind of kids who sit around two years as a backup? No, they're not. They generally fucking bounce. They they transfer somewhere where they they can get some PT. There's especially a now, long list. Especially now especially in the free now, transfer era. Yeah. I mean, post Justin Fields in this era, they they will go find that opportunity elsewhere. So my only point was it had nothing to do with how good he is or what he could do at Notre Dame. It was, here's a scenario that's like Tyler Buckner could be really good and play his whole exhaust his eligibility at Notre Dame. And that would be a deterrent. That that could be an impediment for Dante Moore. You say you bounce. So then you're going into 2025 because in the 2024 quarterback class, they're seeing Dante Moore's there. They're laying off on that. They're, they're, they're looking elsewhere, which happens. Quarterbacks look at rosters, unless you're going to Ohio State. And that's, a, that, and that's part of the point that I'll get to in a bit. So now you at Steve Angeli and Ron Palace in 2025. You, bring, you bring a transfer in. But I'm just saying, Dante Moore could bounce. Yeah, sure. He could commit, make this a number one class and all that. But do you need him if the if Buckner is what we expect or is what we're hoping he would be? Because if he is what we hope he be, he is Moore's not going to stick around. No, no, no five star quarterback in the 2023 class would. They're not going to wait till their junior year to really start playing. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. No, 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 no. It makes perfect sense to me. And I thought that you framed it eloquently. I think people got caught up in the title and refused to read because you, the title was basically posing a question and they were like, 
No, no. Of, of course you're an idiot. You're an idiot, Josh. You're dumb. I'm not going to read this article. I already have formed my conclusion of what this article is and uh, the contents there within. And I don't need to spend the five minutes using my eyeballs to read, you know, word sentences. I know that you're wrong. And that's that's how it went down. Every single one of them. I read all the, the, the comments on the, the, the Twitter thing, and it, and it all basically just boiled down to, yeah, I'm not going to read that because I already know what it's about. I was like, no, you fucking don't. Read the goddamn and article. I, I would say about 60% of the responses actually had nothing to do with actual on-the-field stuff. 60% of the responses were all based on recruiting momentum, and you got to get these kids to get other kids, this and that. And then – the co- and then there was more than more than a few times where it was said, if you want to be elite every year, you got to sign elite quarterbacks and all that, which I understand and I get. But here, my point is, you got to take it a step further than that. Sure, you're signing them every year, but are those guys sticking around? No, no. Look at Ohio State. There's only Look a few Alabama. Programs. There's Look only two. How many how many five star kids from how many five star quarterbacks transferred from Georgia? Exactly. Right? And so that's my point is, just, is that if you look past like the the recruiting ranking stuff and you look past uh, the fact uh, which they did, they look past any kind of on the field stuff. And you're just saying every year you got to get this. OK, that's cool. I understand that. But if you take it one step further, do you really need him? Because he's going to be about he, he'd be bouncing anyways if he has to sit the bench longer than he would like. Who's the best? Who's the best recruiting pro? I mean, like Alabama doesn't sign a five-star quarterback every year. I mean, they got a top 100 kid. Ohio but, State does. I mean, for the most part, right? Yeah, and but, and I mean, so where's so who are, when Uvers or whatever his name is? Where's he at now? Point. Who are who are the elite team? Who are the elite programs in the country? Well, let's just look at the last the, the national champions, right? LSU. Oh, that was a transfer that came in. It wasn't somebody they recruited. It was a transfer that came in from Ohio state who got their quarterback to put them on elite status as a transfer from Georgia. And this before the other kid transferred to LSU. Yeah. Bama has tra- had a five-star quarterback transfer out to Oklahoma. Oklahoma got nothing but transfers in for quarterback. This whole thing is, is kind of, it's, it is a false narrative to say that the big time program, the elite programs are, recruit are getting elite quarterbacks every single year. Georgia. Sure. They're signing five-star quarterbacks every year. None of those guys are sticking around. Look who just won on the national fucking title for God's sakes. Yeah. I it's, and I'm not saying, Hey, Notre Dame should go out there with a, with a former walk on and try to win a national championship. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is you cannot hang your hat on. If you want to be elite, you have to get an elite quarterback to sign every year. Because a lot of those guys aren't sticking around, so they don't really matter in in the in the scheme of things. For All right, pro- so I want to jump in two things here, right? One is one of the things you mentioned in your article, but I don't think you've mentioned in this in this argument so far is that a more commitment would help strengthen Notre Dame's position for a chance at the number one ranked class in 2023. So it's not just Dante Moore you're getting; you're getting people that are attracted to Notre Dame because of Dante Moore. I think that that needs to be said. So even if Dante Moore doesn't work out at Notre Dame. The fact that Dante Moore was once part of this, the university will have a, will have a, yeah. an effect. It'll help. Wide I, I, I totally agree. Help. I totally agree with that. 
I will say Second. though, however, you are still sitting really good right now with talent before a public commitment from Dante Moore. I'd like another wide receiver. But I, by so the way, I do, I do, yeah, I do concede that he does help you get more talent for sure. Second, oh, anything that can happen to Dante Moore can happen to CJ Carr, right? CJ Carr yes. could be just as disillusioned with with Notre Dame after one one season, or not see a path to, to starting or whatever. Julian and. Or Julian say <laughs> third point. If you were like me and you saw Brandon Wimbush in 2006, 15, uh, overthrow, uh, the fastest guy in the team, uh, Will Fuller, um, and think to yourself, wow, we are, we are locked in for quarterback for the next three years. Well, guess what? That didn't really work out that way. Right. And but, so the but Jude, we I'm were not, locked in for quarterback I'm, for the next three years. Yes, we were, weren't we? <laughs> it just wasn't the one you thought. It just wasn't the one you thought, exactly. So the 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 very possible scenario that Tyler Buckner is awesome and comes back for twenty twenty four is is possible, but I don't. I wouldn't agree with the word very. I, I, I mean, did I say twenty twenty four is so incredibly oh, I did say very far possible. away? Okay. I mean, twenty twenty four is that's not even real year. That's not even. Uh, 2024 is right. a social construct. That's not real. <laughs> right? I, just, I, I agree. Th- I agree to that. Like, I can't think about who's playing quarterback in 2024 because, I mean, the kids' balls might not even have dropped who's going to be the quarterback of 2024, right? It could be a, a true freshman from the 2024 class, right? Here's, yeah, here's CJ, the one CJ thing. CJ Carr. Here's no, the one thing I think no. I'm certain of. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm, I think the one thing I think I'm certain of. Well, I would also be in the 101% of wanting Dante Moore. I also think believe I'm going to be in the camp of this was not worth it, even if he commits, because what he is about to do in terms of dragging Notre Dame fandoms uh, fans through the proverbial uh, psychological, mm. you know. This is spin I don't care about, cycle. I don't care about our fans. I don't care about our fans. But here's the thing, Jude. This is going to be if if Marcus Freeman is going to keep doing what he's doing, recruiting. This is going to be every year. There's going to be guys like this because this is what big boy recruiting is. Right, but if you've got Dante Moore waiting in the wings, then then CJ Card dicking you around doesn't really bother you. Right. Whereas we no, don't, Bert, we, don't, um, we, don't, we don't have a good number two idea here. Well, you don't have CJ Carr. If you if you have Dante Moore, you don't have CJ Carr or or Julian Sand. Bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Absolutely. And I guess that's the only thing I have for for Dante Moore. Um, the the biggest thing for why they need him is because he seems like he's the one closest to getting. So I want I want that. I want to have that bird in the hand. Um. Rather than, you know, the eventual CJ Carr picking Michigan because he will pick Michigan. And then I, I don't I, I mean, we got to go through a whole I mean, who's to say Julian Sands just doesn't who's to say? I mean, Julian Sands can do the same thing. It's going to be a, a painful, drawn out process because uh, this is what this is what recruiting is. I mean, Alabama or Texas A&M was signing kids as recently as last month for the 2023 class, right? right or 2022 right. class. So, so I did, I did put in the article because I, I, I wanted to make sure that this wasn't, this wasn't a hot take from me. Like I wanted to make, even though it was totally took that, it was spun that way by people who didn't read the article. This is just a question I wanted to pose. 
like, can, can we look past just the, can you look past the moment and look further down and say, is this an absolute 1000% need? Do we actually need them? Can you have a conversation that says that you can kind of, you can circumvent more in, in a way? I would argue Jimmy Clausen was a quarterback that Charlie Weiss needed to sign. Yes. Right. That yes. that's an instance where your incumbent starter is leaving and you need, you need the replacement. And that's not the case here. Um, which I think is the point you're with trying nothing, to make is, with nothing proven at all on the bench. Right. So Weiss the, did not do a good job with, I mean, what, who was Quinn's backup in 06? David Wolk. I think. Who transferred to Eastern Kentucky. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you're Zach Frazier, Demetrius Jones, uh, Jimmy Clausen, and uh, God, who was the other one? Evan Sharpley. Evan Sharpley. Evan Sharpley. Thank you. Yep. So, so that that's that's an instance where you need a kid to sign. And but, good old Marshall Machine. But I, we're going to have say, a minimum look, of two years of of uh, Buckner, right? It, right. If I I say that if if Dante Moore was in this class. I wouldn't be asking this question. This, it just it wouldn't have it wouldn't have came up if he had committed in my in my man. I wouldn't think of I wouldn't be thinking the negative. I'd be thinking this is great. We're set up now. But because he has not made a public commitment, it gives you time to to think about different possibilities. I still I still firmly believe in my heart of hearts and in my head that Dante Moore will eventually commit to Notre Dame, eventually. Now that may be longer for some Notre Dame fans who I'm having actually kind of a fun time making fun of in my own mind for crying so much about his recruitment. Like, look, this is, this is big boy recruiting. This is shit's going to happen. He's, if he's, if he's dragging it out, he's not doing it to like, this is on his time. I don't really care anymore as far as like what, what the, what the time frame is. I can't get mags. It's not my life. Uh, so you, and I don't you, want you, your life. You, yeah, you do you, Dante. It's all good. Uh, but I just felt that this, if, if we're going to have this time to, to sit in here, have a talk, is it is it an absolute need? And I just looked at it for the point is I can see some different scenarios that says this isn't an absolute need. We can still be very good and we can still set ourselves up for a post Buckner, um, you know, quarterback era with a, with another elite quarterback, whether that be CJ Carr, Julian saying, uh, Brennan and I will duke it out over that. But it's just, like I said, it's just a question. No one was questioning his, how good he was. No one's saying that he's not coming here or that we don't want him here. None of that nonsense. It's fucking June 1st, May 31st. Let's drop. Let's talk about it. Why not? I mean, if you think he's that important, and maybe you are dying each day. And what are you gonna? I mean, what are you gonna do if he if he decides he's gonna go to to LSU or to Oregon or or A and M or or Michigan? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna, are you gonna are you just gonna pack it up? Right. Well, I you know what this kind of reminds me of is it's sort of like it's the third quarter because Buckner. It's the third quarter and it's fourth and one from like you know the five yard line. You can pick up first down, right? Or so do you risk it and chase the points and you just kick the field goal and then you know that you have it in the fourth quarter. You, you have more opportunities in the fourth quarter because they don't need to score. That's what you're saying. They don't need to. They don't need seven now. 
right? They can you can live to fight another day, but twenty that just means that twenty twenty four is recruiting class. You have to is that much sign. more crucial. Yes, you yes. have to sign a quarterback. Then there's no there's no wiggle room. You have to sign an elite quarterback in the twenty twenty four class. There's there's no there's no options uh, otherwise. I guess I guess the so I guess the biggest quite the biggest concern here is the definition of the word need. Like when you talk to your kids about needs and wants, when you're, when you're walking through a grocery store, uh, the word need probably needs to get defined here. And I, I think need for me is a more strict adherence to the things you actually need. Uh, and you know, at that moment and you know, and uh, look, I'm on the fence, uh, you know, about it. I asked the question, but I, I, I don't have the, I don't have the answer and I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think there's just, there's just conversation and until you start getting some, uh, some closure to it all. It's all, I mean, it's, it's all up in there. It's all, it's all available. You know, it's all right there to, to talk about. Maybe you don't want to talk about it. Maybe you just want to pretend that this is going to happen or, or maybe you're a pessimist and you're sold that he's going to go somewhere else, uh, because he's taken longer than you'd like. All I'm saying is, is that Notre Dame is still going to play football one way or another. Uh, and, you know, is, is this the need? And I'm just showing you different avenues. Like you cannot tell me that, that, that uh, these elite programs getting five-star quarterbacks every year, those guys aren't all sticking around. There's other avenues. And even now it's even easier for Notre Dame. Maybe there's a grad transfer out there. Guys are looking to go somewhere. It's, there, there are good quarterbacks that are, you know, we, we had a problem with the wide receivers. It's not so much of a problem with the wide, with the quarterback. If you have the PT form, just saying. There's <laughs> just a question. Hashtag. We want Dante. <laughs> uh, I mean, I knew, I knew it was going to be a little inferno. I didn't realize that. You didn't, you, yeah. You, you didn't know it was going to be full on Dante Allegari going all the I, way down. I didn't realize the headline warriors would be out in full force. I am not going to read this, but I am going to give you my opinion. It's like welcome to America, twenty twenty two. Is this Joshua? Is this your first day on the internet? No, it is definitely. You know that. You know this has been my beef for the longest time. Right. Uh, so, but I, why are this, you surprised? I'm not surprised. This was just. This was just on another level. Like this was completely amped up mainly because it was, there was so much of it more. Maybe this sounds stupid, but there was more of it on Twitter than there normally is. than Facebook, Facebook, you can expect it guaranteed. No one's, no one, no one's going through the process of reading more than a sentence or a headline. Twitter, you, you get people that, uh, at least most of our followers, a lot of our followers for the time. I haven't, you haven't got that kind of, uh, that wrath of, I'm not reading. This, I mean, Jesus, someone's calling it fake news. Where's the news in here? I was asking a question. <laughs> there, there was no, def- there was really no definitive statement other than, <laughs> other than he is not committed right now, publicly. Ugh. I don't know. It was funny. Moving on. I thought we were going to have more time tonight. But Brian Kelly seemed to 
to sideswipe everything. As he do. Terrible. So, gentlemen, I told you before the podcast started, think about food and Notre yeah. Dame. Jude, you got your thinking hat on? I'm very concerned about where this is going. I don't I do not like I do not like these spontaneous uh yeah, well, you're, you're gonna, comparisons. You're you're gonna have to deal with it. Now, you could be grateful though that this pod took so long. Now I can't go individual players. I'm gonna have to oh go position groups. All right, tell us what your game is, and we will play it. I want you off? to. I want you to assign with reasons. A fast food restaurant to each position group at Notre Dame on, on the field. And yes, tackles and guards and centers are separate groups. You're going to make me slander fast food restaurants, aren't you? I mean, we can do, we can go as high as family chain restaurants. So if if you have to throw an Applebee's in there, or uh, or a TGI Fridays, or a Cheddar's, or whatever you can. But now that's now that you got the wheels spinning, yeah, let, let's start spinning it out. Okay. So so give me one, Brendan. All right, I got one for you. Uh, the cornerback position group. That's a that's a position group, right? Yes, corners are a position. Yeah, I'm calling them Taco Bell. Um, cause that menu's sort of lackluster and there's not a ton of options. I mean, you can go there, you know, I'll, I'll get the, uh, this is, this is slander. I, you you wanted me to slander it. Right. And I mean, I guess Cam Hart level. is going to have to be the fire sauce because he's going to have to cover everything in order to make it pal- like palatable. So, but other than Cam Hart, I'm not too excited about some of the other offerings that, that there might be there, just like the uh, the Taco Bell menu that has uh, decided to slice itself in, in twain and is now a shell of its former self. Uh, so so how's that? Does that work for you, boss? I mean, if that, that's that is. You gave me an answer. <laughs> Which is what I was looking for. Uh, I'll give Jude a minute to think. I, I got one. I got one. Offensive tackles are Arby's because they got the meats, man. Look at the the fucking size of Blake Fisher. He is legit a big Montana. Legit big Montana. And they're just so good. Like, like, and who on the offensive line is the hero? Like a hero. Yeah. Who's who's the one that's underrated and is the hero, but might secretly be the best thing on the menu? Well, it was Joe Alt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Joel. Yeah, the the Euro at, at Arby's is incredible. I've been, yeah, it I've, might I've be the best thing on the menu. Years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now there's a uh, a well a Wagyu why you blend. Yeah, but it's when I when I blend. saw it, it's like a dollop of the of Wagyu, and then it's just you know the rest of the ground. Um, beef Look, substitute the, or whatever it is the people in that comment section that came through that has had that have ate the burger if they're not arby's bots have swore that it was 
a fantastic burger. Okay. Now I would, I mean, just to be honest, I don't, I wouldn't go to Arby's for a burger, even even that with that on the menu, because how could I turn down a, a gyro or the big Montana or the jalapeno poppers or uh, five for five beef and cheddars or, you know, take your pick. Arby's is a fantastic restaurant. They didn't need the burger, but they got the burger. Good fresh, so good fish. Ar- Arby's was was the guards. That, that was the tackles. Because uh, Blake Fisher is okay. a big Montana, and uh, Joe Alt is the Euro. Okay. All right, what do you got? So, I want to say the guards are Boston Market, <laughs> which is <laughs> first of all, <laughs> they're just. Um, they're high, they're high in calories. <laughs> they're, they're, you've always, you've always ordered too much. <laughs> you've always ordered too much. Um, there are, there are these, there's the occasional regret, uh, the occasional misstep, but for the most part, what you get is, um, you know what you're going to get. It's pretty, um, if you go from one Boston market to another, you, if you order the same meal, you, you pretty much know exactly what it's going to taste like. Um, it's comfort food. It, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great and way gar- to put it. Guards can make you comfortable, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys knew, but I actually worked at a Boston market for two years. So I, uh, I, I, I actually I just read an article about Boston, Boston market. market. Yeah. But the decline of Boston Market. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they declared bankruptcy soon after I left them, but uh, I don't think it was really – Way to go, Jude. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's coincidence, Jude. <laughs> my, my fun story about that was uh, that, um, you know, my summer before I started at Notre Dame, they said, we really like you and we're willing to make you shift supervisor. And I said, mm, I think I'm going to go to college instead. So – I think you made the right choice, Jude. I, I mean, decision. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think about that. I mean, you could you could be thirty pounds heavier. Think about that. Yeah. Brendan, you yeah. got one. I mean, every every oh, single no manager that every single manager that I worked for at Boston Market was a bad person. Like, was just like a, a fundamentally immoral person. <laughs> uh, those that, that's also Domino's managers. That is oh, yeah. absolutely Domino's managers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got one. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go linebackers, and I'm gonna take uh, Chipotle because arguably it's the best of all of the options. Um, there's a lot of different varieties uh, that constitute. You know, you can, you can get it. You can get your burrito a bunch of different ways. You don't even need to have burrito. You can just have it in a bowl. But there are um, a considerable amount of, of options uh, to choose from, just like the, the linebacker position. Um, so I'm interested to see uh, uh, what sort of burrito we end up making out of these linebackers this fall. And undoubtedly, it'll be good. Okay, I like that. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the safeties. And uh, I'm going to give him McDonald's because it really is the last line of defense because McDonald's, you don't really want to go to. It's just there. Like it, they're just there. 
and but it takes care of it takes care of it pretty much if you have a a a a need to eat some fast food it's just there and you eat it and you're fine you feel good or you feel terrible uh but it took it took care of that need just like a safety is going to take care of a need and it's you know got some of the best fries in the business still brandon joseph who's a mel kuyper has as the number two draft eligible safety uh for 20 for next season. So yeah, the last line of defense, McDonald's and safeties. So I think uh, this is hard, hard because there's been some talk about uh, Jared Patterson moving to guard and not playing center this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for me, center is like the waffle fries and Chick-fil-A. It's just, it's the best it's dependable and it will never let you down. And it's, it is the, the thing in which you build all of the other, you start with the waffle fries and you build around it, which is like everything else is secondary to getting those fries. What? I don't actually disagree with that. I love their waffle fries so much. It is the perfect <laughs> I mean, I, vessel for scooping. I, I mean, I do love the waffle, the waffle fries, but I, I, I'm a spicy chicken guy. It's not blasphemy to say you know you know you're not building everything around the 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 one chicken sandwich, the classic. I just think that I would I would get sick of eating that chicken sandwich long before I ever got sick of eating the waffle fries. Hmm. I mean, they got all sorts of sauces, Jude. Like, <laughs> do you have a lot of sauces? <laughs> you do a lot, but there's a lot, a lot of sauces of you can dip your fries in. True. Really, you sprung this on me less than ten minutes ago. I'm doing my best here. Okay. <laughs> Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's a it's a great point about the waffle fries. They are fucking dominant. There's no question. All right, Brendan. Give me another one. All right, defensive line. Um, I guess defensive uh, defensive ends. Uh, yeah, we're gonna say yeah. Wendy's. We're splitting them out. We'll split them out. We'll say uh, I'll say uh, Wendy's. Um, because I think the most reliable thing consistently throughout all of the the years for fast food restaurants has been. Um, I don't. I don't think I've I've had bad experiences eating various fast food things. You know, cold, soggy McDonald's French fries. Um, you know unchanged grease of uh, Burger King fries uh, is a pretty standard operating thing. Uh, but the one fast food item that has never, ever let me down is the uh, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Over the years, it's been the most consistent and steady thing. And I think the most consistent and steady thing about this Notre Dame defense going into the season is uh, been Isaiah Foskey. He's the most proven player coming back on this defense. Um, to compete at the highest level, right? I think he's the guy that you look at when you look at this defense as being, um, you know, he's, he's, he's already proven himself just like the Wendy spicy chicken sandwich. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say the defensive ends are uh, spicy chicken sandwich. And there can be some excitement in some of the other places because Wendy's is always mixing it up. They are always putting new spins on their uh, chicken sandwiches, putting jalapeno, uh, uh, jalapeno, um, fried little rings on there and, and various, as they uh, put, Diablo as they put day old hamburger in the chili. 
Ham- day old hamburger and the chili. Hey, man, that hamburger needs hey, to be used. Hey, that chili is fantastic. I'm not going to argue with that. I so don't what care we if did with the hamburger. chicken from the chicken carvers, we put them in the chicken pot pies for the following day. Actually, you'd sell yeah, like two days afterwards. Hey, it's just sitting there getting flavor. It's all good. It's all good. It's marinating. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the flavor. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the kickers. And that's that, my friends, is our old friend, White Castle. Because oh, no. <laughs> it's a sack of 10, man. You have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's kicking? I don't know. Uh, does it matter? No. Just reach back into the bag and grab another one. Away we go. Oh, no. And if it goes bad, it's going to go bad. <laughs> it's yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it is look, white castle is clutch. It comes in handy. Uh, man, it is just, the fries are fantastic. There's the, they sell the best Coke, uh, in the mar in the business. Mm. Liquid Coke. So, oh. okay. But, uh, Ipslanty white castle, huh? Uh, things happen, I suppose, but yeah, I'm just, the, the, the kickers are my sack of 10. Um, I'm going to go Sonic for running backs. Ooh, oh, I like that. Is, uh, which is that the, the Sonic menu has a lot of flash. Uh, when you look at it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of big, bright options. Um, but mostly I'm just going for, for one or two items that are that i can depend on the red bull summer slush coming back is a huge deal for me uh i'm big into first of all i love the new summer flavor i I don't know that we've talked about this enough i think strawberry apricot is my jam and uh you know when it was only available exclusively at sonic for you know that first couple of weeks or at least it was in new york i was going there pretty much once every two days to get a huge Route 44 size slush which was probably killing my nervous system but I loved it so much. Um, and, to, and to me, that's that's the running back room, which is like I got my old dependable, which I, which would say like as an estimate or a Tyree. Um, I've got my kind of question marks, which are like the the tater tots or the jalapeno poppers, uh, you know, like a Logan Diggs. Jadarian Price is is he's definitely way out in the menu. He's like mixing nerds in the shit. Like, I, I just want to see it. I, I just want to see it explode in my mouth. Wait a second, that that came out wrong. Um, <laughs> or did it? Or did it? Uh, um, yeah, Sonic is the running back room for me. Oh, that's good. I like that. Brendan. Oh boy. Um, so somebody's got a. All right. So we're gonna take. Um, Defensive. We'll, we'll go inside for the for the defensive line, um, and we're gonna we're gonna say the interior of the the the, the defensive line is um, Dunkin' Donuts, man, little donkeys. Because outside outside the area, it doesn't get like outside of Boston. Right in Massachusetts, I guess it doesn't kind of get the respect that it deserves. Dunkin' Donuts, but mm-hmm. low key, I get in 
Notre Dame, I mean the the not Notre Dame, but the defense, the interior defensive uh, line doesn't really get the respect that it kind of deserves nationally. But I think secretly, low key, Notre Dame could have a a pretty good and respectable um, interior D line this season. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go Dunkies. Okay. I'm gonna take the tight ends. And we're this 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 is the one this 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 is Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with Papa John's. It, this is <laughs> no, this is Applebee's because look, there is no easier way to talk about Notre Dame for like an outside beat reporter or a TV person or an opposing fan than to bring up. Michael Mayer. He's a fucking stud. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows Michael Mayer. Everybody knows Applebee's. There's freaking everywhere. And it's it's not that that they're bad. It's just like I don't know. You just get sick and tired of hearing about them. You're certainly sick and tired of their commercials. But it does the trick every single time. The the secret the secret sauce to Applebee's is they got great they got some great menu items. It can be a really good experience. If you go in there correctly, uh, so yeah, uh, Michael Mayer and Applebee's because that's that it's just it's the one that gets brought up all the time. You talk about what is a what is a what is a chain family casual restaurant. One of the first things someone's going to say is Applebee's. You say what's Notre Dame got an offense. One of the first things they're going to say is Michael Mayer. So. Well, I got. I could have went dark right? there for a minute. I got wide receivers. Is that what that is that what's left? Wide receivers. Uh well, I mean the wide receivers, punter, and uh, oh, I thought, you, I thought you took all the special teams. No, 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 no. no, no you just kickers. said kickers. There's still punters. Well, wide still, receivers, okay, punters. punters, and quarterbacks. Yeah, there's still quarterbacks. Um. All right, I'll take punters. Because punters is. This. <laughs> Uh, I'm going <laughs> to punt I, on TJ Fridays. Punt, I mean, punters is, I know we've already used McDonald's, but punters is like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. Like you just, you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know if it's working. Uh, you don't even know if you really want it. Um, sometimes it's outstanding and, and you get hit with a McFlurry. Uh, most of the time it's just disappointment. That's what I think punters is going to be this year. Okay. All right, Brendan. Uh, all right. I will. Uh, I'll take quarterbacks, and I'm gonna say it's. Uh, I'm gonna say it's Kane's chicken, because um, I didn't fucking see it. I don't see him anywhere. There's no Kane's chicken. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not. I've never eaten it. There's none in Michigan. How how do I know if it's good? <laughs> so good. Yeah, people, a, people tell me that it's cr- good. People tell me that it's great. But guess what? I don't get to sample its wares because I live in the north. How, see, that's funny because quarterbacks for me. Did Kane's chicken now. not let you in practice? No, it's they didn't like, let me in practice. And then Kane's chicken fell down a flight of stairs. 
before I can actually try it. <laughs> Brendan, this is like in and out for me, right? Which is like everyone, everyone talked it up. There was so much hype. It couldn't possibly live up to the hype. I went and I was like, yeah, I feel like I've seen better or tasted yeah. better. That's five. Mm. That, that's five but, guys for me. But, but people keep saying you got to try. You got to go back and try this. And so I'm still intrigued by in and out even though I've had it twice and it's been meh both times. Now, having said that, I was raised with uh, with five guys, so I feel like there's a little bit of bias there. Yeah, I'm always raised, I mean, meh within the last five. 10 years, obviously. Uh, some of these wide receivers for me, huh? Yep. Oh, man, there's so many different routes to go here. No pun intended. Um, you're going to go Captain D's, right? No, but close. <laughs> I'm going Red Lobster. Oh. Because, look, oh, nobody, wow. nobody really wants to admit that they go to Red Lobster. Just as nobody really wants to admit that Notre Dame does have talent at wide receiver. It's just not a whole lot of it. There's really not a whole lot to a, a, a Red Lobster menu. But what they do have is pretty fucking good. I mean, you can go in there and all you get crab. It's crab's crab, y'all. I mean, I I realize you want to pull out the the jumbo king crab that you, that you're dropping 150 bucks down for a pound, but it's still crab. It's still crab. So yeah. So you're saying Lorenzo Styles is the Admiral's feast? No, what I'm saying is Lorenzo Styles is the fucking Cheddar Bay biscuits, bitch. Yeah, because oh that wow. Is the- the single greatest item on any of the fast food uh, menus that menus we've there are. Yeah. yeah, that's that that that's the thing about Red Lobster is nobody wants to admit it, but when you go in there, you'll leave satisfied. You will, and it most of it has to do with the Cheddar Bay biscuits. Lorenzo Styles will leave you satisfied. And we did it. We forgot a position group. What? No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Punt returner. And I'm picking Olive Garden. Because if you go in there, you're just throwing up the arm and giving up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you could. Was what? Kick returner Popeyes? (laughs) Because <laughs> you just get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Brendan, good capper there. That's good. That is good. All right. Well, hey, we did it. We did the thing. Good for us. Look at us. So here's my final thought. It must have been the week for former Notre Dame offensive linemen to get engaged. Because both Mike McClinchy and Chris Watt got down on one knee and got engaged this week, this past weekend. I didn't know why it took McGlinchey so long. I feel like he's been dating. I think, like, yeah, he's been with that girl forever, uh, hasn't he? What is her name? Brookie Renee? I do not Instagram. know the name. <laughs> yeah, for, for forever. I'm, I'm less familiar with Chris Watts' uh, relationship, apparently. But uh, congratulations <laughs> to both of them. I, uh, if, you, if you need my address, please DM me. I'm happy to, uh, happy to give you the, um, the address so I can come to your wedding because I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Pretty epic. 
you know, Bravo don't got shit on Jude when it comes to the real, the real Housewives of Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I do, Andy, Andy I do know shit on Jude. And in the, the tabloids and English tabloids, they call them wags, women, wives, and girlfriends. I, I t- yeah. tend to know a lot about wags. So. <laughs> I did watch four good seasons of Footballers, which was a great British tabloid TV show. Never did get into that. My wife, I think she really liked the Real Housewives of Cheshire. Is that the one? Yeah. The one in England. My with wife, the, yeah, my wife. And they were all married too. footballers, pretty much. Yeah. That's a hard one to find. I'm not sure if that's even on Peacock. Like you got to get, you got to get so got a, a VPN. You got go dark. You got a dark, dark web. That shit. Dark web. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, what do you got left to say? Uh, I'm just glad that it's June, um, so all of the people can finally start mowing their lawns again, and uh, we can help decrease the tick population. And I don't need to stare at your weed-infested, uh, shitty lawns anymore um, from no May or no mow May. So I'm I'm really pumped about that too. Can't wait for my morning was, walk tomorrow where I don't have to look a bunch of May. uncut, bunch of uncut lawns. May. It was, and these lawns were getting out of control. It was awful. With the, uh, surprisingly, in my neck of the woods, they've it's been pretty, pretty well kept. Yeah, uh, I don't think you guys were were adhering to sort of the the no the no mo may. No, 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 no. We were just uh, I was just, I was just happy that the the house that burned down a year ago, uh, about six seven houses down, uh, finally got raised. They found demo. We, That's we were curious if that was ever going to get. What the hell was I going to have yeah. on that? We, like the burnt out na- Freddy Krueger house down the road. <laughs> right. We we had one or we had one around the corner from us, and I, I bet you it took less than six months. But I feel like every single day I was like, when are they going to pull down that house? Oh my god! You know, it was like I can feel my property value going down. Yeah, that's kind of where we were. Well, we were on that level a few years ago when the meth lab down the road uh, blew up. Uh, and, the, and this it was the uh the first hospital in this town uh it turned into an apartment complex and then a meth lab uh and then it blew up uh the nice thing though is that after it blew up and got raised uh several really nice homes got built right there so <laughs> so score it up uh keep that shit in iowa uh, as far as i'm concerned i got nothing more I'm going to just keep pissing people off with Dante more takes. I, I imagine in the near future, because why not? You can come, um, but God almighty, uh, it's, it's going to be a hell of an off season already has been uh, reminder. Get on over, have a podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, be a part of the show, be, be our bud. Just like, just like Greg, be our bud, leave some reviews, uh, make some noise, ask some questions. Uh, let's, let's get at it. Um, other than that, we are just we are doing the same same good stuff over at the site every day. Be something a little different, uh, and you know, have some fun. Be a part of be a part of us over there. Jump on in the comment section uh, and leave your opinion. At least at least that'll prove to me that you read the article. Uh, at least <laughs> at least I'll have the illusion of it, anyways. Uh, but that's it. So. We will be back uh, next week with with more with more whatever the hell comes up. I don't know. Uh, There's always something. <laughs> there, there, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sure Brian Kelly will have another one or two interviews by then without without questions all right we're gonna get out of here uh thanks for listening and as always go irish